This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Uh, an interesting write-up uh, post media today about the problem of grade inflation in Alberta. As they describe it, a practice where some teachers give students marks higher than they have earned or overestimate their grasp of the material. Now, school boards in Alberta typically downplay this problem or suggest it's not an issue. Uh, But when you look at the numbers, they are telling. For example, in 2016, for Social Studies 30, or 30-1 technically, the uh, average class mark was 75.2. The average diploma exam mark was 64.1. That's an 11.1% difference. Or in Math 30, the average in-class mark of the grade assigned by the teacher was 77 The average mark in the exam was 62.2. That's a 14.8% difference. Goes on to say here, some of the differences between the number of students who received an honors mark from their teachers and scored honors on the diploma exam are even larger. The last five years, for example, there's been a greater than 35 percentage point spread between the number of French immersion students who get an honors grade in class for French language arts and the number who earn honors on the diploma exam. Now, you, some gap might not be unexpected. You know, maybe some students do better on certain kind of projects or assignments. Maybe don't test as well, but maybe they do have a grasp of the curriculum or what it is they're supposed to know. But what if they don't? Right? So, I mean, that can cut both ways. You can find some students penalized by this or others who, who benefit from this and are maybe going to university... Uh, not as prepared as they should be. So how big an issue is this? Uh, what do we need to do about it? And joining us for some thoughts, very pleased to welcome in the program here today, Tim Coates. He's a sessional instructor at the University of Alberta, former director of Alberta's diploma exam program. Tim, thanks so much for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, I mean, it does seem, looking at some of these numbers in, in this uh, post-media piece, that this this difference, this gap has gotten worse. Is, is that your your understanding? Yeah, I think over the years, the gap generally has gotten worse. Um, The problem is, of course, is that we do sometimes have uh, changes in courses where there's a new curriculum comes in and things like that. And so there'll be an adjustment period in some of those courses. And the gap varies from from subject to subject. If you look at the data, for instance, you'd see that the the difference in English language art 30-2, for instance, is uh, not that big. But as you pointed out in some of the other subjects, it can be quite profound. All right, so what's your understanding then of, of why that gap exists? Is, is grade inflation the, the only reason or the only explanation? Well, uh, it, it's a pretty complicated issue. And, and what I would like to say first off is that, you know, I've worked with an awful lot of teachers, and, and the vast bulk of teachers are really, really working hard to get to standards and, and, and work to teach the standards. Um, well, Alberta's got a kind of a unique testing situation internationally in the fact that there's an incredibly high degree of teacher involvement in every part of the process, including the marking of the essays that the students write in the uh, humanities subject. So there's a lot of effort out there on the part of teachers, but, um, and, and this was brought up in one of the, uh, in, in the post-media article, um, uh, in, not in the article itself, but some of the letters that were, um, you know, in the, uh, following the article on, online, mm-hmm. um, teachers are sometimes kind of constrained by some of the, the practices that they have to put into place that may cause inflation. 
Uh, if I can give you an example, uh, a very a good practice is formative assessment. A formative assessment means that a student would work a few times through a, a particular task or some new learning, uh, receiving feedback, maybe a mark, maybe not a mark, uh, to get this student better and better at the particular task. Um, but the problem can come with something like that is if at the end of the day the student, let's say, for example, does four iterations of an essay, and on the fourth iteration the teacher then says, okay, now here's your mark for it. Well, do we have a mark for the student or do we have a mark for a student who's had an awful lot of input from the teacher and potentially also from uh, peers? Um, the true test for that student would be, okay, uh, you've had this training and a lot of feedback from the teacher. You've demonstrated your essay writing ability. Here's a new essay, a completely different one. Write that and let's see how you do. So those are two very different ways of, of using formative assessment. That's one example of the kind of problems that teachers can face. But do we see situations where teachers are, I don't know if they're trying to be generous is the right word, but wanting to see their students succeed, and and so that they, they are being more generous with the grades? Well, I think that there's a, a, a natural tendency uh, to develop some kind of a, a bond between teachers and students, and, and teachers, of course, do want to see their students succeed. Um, when I'm teaching my university students, I say that one of the things that we have to try to do as teachers is to envision the, the picture of justice, and justice wears a blindfold, and, and that when we're trying to evaluate students, we really have to put that blindfold on and really measure what is measurable, uh, regardless who's submitting it to us, that we shouldn't be biased by anything such as a student who you know, has a better attitude or anything like that. And, I, and a lot of teachers know that and get that, but whether in any kind of subconscious level that still comes through, that would be a concern I'd have. What about the exams themselves? And I, I guess if, if you know, in, in, in your position as overseeing these exams, if you see a gap, does the question get asked, is the exam the problem? Do we need to re-examine the exams themselves? Well, I mean, that's always a fair question to ask about the exams, absolutely. And I mean, as an exam director, we, we would ask that question at all times. But you have to understand that the examinations in Alberta, again, what makes them very unique is the high degree of teacher involvement. So no exam, for instance, no exam can be put before students uh, without having a teacher review panel come in and sign off on the exam and say, this sets an appropriate standard. And these are Alberta teachers. They have to, in fact, be specialists in the subject for which the exam is being given, and every exam does that. And on those exams where there are written components, they're marked by the teachers who teach the students. They have to be. You have to be a teacher of those students to mark those documents. So there is a high degree of teacher involvement. Uh, not all teachers participate. There are some teachers who, for maybe ethical reasons or whatever, are not comfortable working and involved in the diploma examination program. Uh, but an awful lot of teachers do get involved. Now, maybe you have situations where teachers are teaching to the exam or ensuring that their kids are prepared for the diploma exams. And maybe you have other teachers who uh, don't appreciate the diploma exams, don't like the diploma exams, or don't like the heavy reliance on the grade from the diploma exam. So does that affect uh, how students are doing in class and on the exams? Well, there's a lot of people, for instance, who will say that the examination is just a, and the word that's often used is a snapshot. Mm -hmm. which I think is, a, is the wrong nomenclature. You know, a snapshot would technically be if, uh, you know, the government one day just popped into a teacher's classroom and said, oh, by the way, we're coming in right now and we're going to test all your kids and what they know. That's a snapshot. That's a surprise, just like a snapshot photograph. The exam is a bit more like a portrait. We, we, students know it's coming up. They come into high school knowing it's going to be there. So do their teachers. Uh, certainly when they go into a, a course where they've got a semester to prepare for it, they're, they're being prepared for it. And it is a standards-based 
based test. So the exam can't be based on anything other than the learner outcomes that are in the programs of studies and the standards that are inherent in them. So if a teacher is not teaching the standard, uh, that would be a disservice to students because there is a standard and that examination communicates it. All right. So going forward, do you see uh, an obvious answer here to, to, to fixing this problem? Well, I think, to be honest, recognition of it is as the first uh, thing. Uh, you, you mentioned at the start that the school boards are in denial. It is not totally true. Um, I'm actually, and I can't identify them, but I'm actually working with uh, several school boards right now who've asked me to come work for them because they have issues around grade inflation. So they have recognized it, formally recognized and said, look, this is a problem uh, we need to address. That's part of the battle because we certainly can work in things that are going to help teachers have a better uh, grasp of standards consistently. Um, one of the things you have to understand, and I should point this out, is it can come down to class by class within a school. It's not necessarily yes. a board or a school, but can literally be differences from one class to another, where you can have five classes in the school, and it can really depend which of those five classes a student enters in terms of what their school awarded mark would be. That's an important point. All right, well, Tim, we'll leave it there. Thanks so much for the insight on this. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. All right, take care. Tim Coates uh, is a sessional instructor at the University of Alberta. As mentioned, former director of Alberta's diploma exam program, a role he uh, was in for, I think, about eight years. It's interesting because uh, they, they profile one student in particular. This is uh, Janet French's article for Post Media. Uh, Larissa Nichols is her name. 18-year-old Ross Shepherd High School student in Edmonton thought she'd be adjusting to university life at the U of A. That changed when her 80% average was one percentage point shy of the grade she needed to be admitted to the program. Now she's back at Ross Shepard for an extra year trying to raise her math and social studies grades to be more competitive when she applies again. Science teacher Mike Dachinsky, who taught Nichols, said worthy students are unfairly shut out of post-secondary programs because of grade inflation. The proof, he says, is in the sometimes massive gaps between the students' grades assigned by the classroom teachers and results on exams. Does inflated grades create a lose-lose situation? Students whose teachers are administering more rigorous challenges may understand the material better but have a lower grade on their transcript. On the flip side, students with artificially high grades may flounder when admitted to college and university programs. Anyway, 403-974-8255. Quick break. We'll come back uh, sometime for your calls on this. We've got a few other issues to discuss as well. We're back after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.